morning. Welcome to another bi-weekly episode of Fixing Healthcare from the Trenches. I'm Dr. Alejandro Badia, and I'm very pleased to have as a guest today a, a young physician who is um, actually doing a fellowship with me. Many people know I, I do uh, uh, have an international fellowship, observership, which is very important for me because it allows me to stay in academia, but I, I find I, I often learn uh, as much from them as they do from me. And today we'll see that because Dr. Uh, Gustavo Becerra Perdomo is from Bogota, Colombia, and he's been with me for the past six weeks, and we'll be able to share some of his observations on our troubled U.S. healthcare system and compare it to what's happening in uh, his native country of Colombia. He uh, grew up in Bogota. He is um, a resident, currently a fourth-year resident at the um, the uh, military hospital Nuevo Granada in Bogota. He went to uh, medical school um, uh, also at uh, the military uh, uh, university Nuevo Granada and uh, also did some middle school in West Virginia. So I don't know, uh, you, you've learned English in both West Virginia and Miami. So I don't think either of those places are great for English, but, um, but we, we welcome you. And uh, thanks for joining us today, Gustavo. Thank you so much, sir, for the introduction. Uh, I'm really happy to be able to help with you in this podcast and in your uh, daily profession. Thank you. Well, you also just finished reading, and I know that you submitted, I think, a, a book review. You finished reading the book Healthcare from the Trenches, uh, which a lot of these discussions are based on the themes in that book. And I, I'd like for you... Uh, First, to briefly tell us uh, about the healthcare system in Colombia, I, I know a, a bit about the La Ley, La Ley Cien, right? The La Ley Cien, which is um, kind of a basic principle there. But share in just a couple minutes what the, the basic healthcare system is like in Colombia. Well, yes, sir. Uh, La Ley Cien uh, came out in 1993 and says that a company, uh, almost like an insurance company, has mm -hmm. his own buildings, and all Colombians should be uh, have insurance with them, and they decide where they should be going. Also, there is a private practice that you can use, like yeah. in any other country, and pay for your own health care. And uh, the insurance side is really similar. Uh, here, and what you tell in your book, uh, you get sick, you should call or uh, know where places they take your insurance and then you should go there. So the basic principles are really similar uh, from the USA. I see. And so what have you seen? Because, you you know, you know, we see patients on Monday generally. That's our big day and it will be there tomorrow as well. But on Mondays, I mean, it's very frustrating for me. So what share with, I'm going to adjust my lighting for a moment, but go ahead and share with our listeners what have you seen, for example, even in workers' compensation, right? As, as hand surgeons, we see a lot of people who get injured, and a lot of those injuries are, are on the job because we, most of us work with our hands. So share some of the things that you've seen and, and some of the issues that you've seen that, you know, in this country, you, I think you were surprised about how overly complicated our system is. Uh, give us some insights. Yeah, it has, it has many steps. Uh, usually, uh, the ideal of healthcare delivery will be if you get hurt, you get a condition, you get any pathology, you should go right away 
to a guy who's who knows how to treat you. But actually, I have found there is so many steps, so many ways, and they are all take, trying to take a piece from your insurance. But the only one who's really uh, affecting and is not getting any good out of this is the patient. So we are here to our job. We do the best like, uh, we can. We practice. Uh, we go to medical school, to residency programs, uh, to our fellowships and get really prepared to give the best from us. But you find every day this wall between your patient and uh, your work, your profession, and that wall belongs to business. And that is really frustrating for all of us and actually happen everywhere. In Colombia, uh, usually people can get eventually to the specialist, but if you want to take the first appointment with a specialist that is, not that is not happening before three to four months. You are not getting wow. there any faster. Right, and, and, that, and the, the irony there, right, is that the, the perception, I believe, is that they're, they think they're saving money, right, these business people. But if they, they have the person seen by the general physician, that somehow that's cheaper. When we, you, you've seen in my office, people come in, you know, with MRIs, for example, for something like Decrovane's tendonitis, right? So for the public, this is a type of tendonitis, uh, very common. And people come in with these expensive imaging studies, even though we have the MRI right in, in my office, right? And, and affiliated with ortho now as well. But yet we don't use that imaging because we realize we don't need it. So the irony is that the specialist, depending on the problem, oftentimes is actually more cost effective. And every one of those steps that you mentioned, Gustavo, that, that patients have to go through, because the business people, the 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 um, you know the, the, the bureaucracy um, is really costing us a lot of money. And the question is, how can we get people to listen to understand this? Because we, you know, I don't know what the percent uh, in Colombia is of healthcare expenditure, but in the U.S., it's it's about it's almost twenty percent, which is outrageous. It's really twice high. as expensive. Yeah, it's extremely high. So, um, so you, you, yeah, you, you've witnessed that. So, you know, the question will be, what can we do to get the, the public really interested in, in, in seeing change? Because what's happening is not sustainable. Um, I'm going to ask you, you know, based on what you observed, your, your three, what you would think would be three common sense initiatives that, the U.S. and maybe even your country, but in very general terms, what do you think that we can do to make healthcare better and more cost-effective? Yes, sir. Uh, the first thing I think we should work on is education. Education for the patients. If you take uh, little kids, uh, teenagers, and maybe young adults, you will get a community, really a healthy community, that will eventually... Uh, have less chronic condition, less hypertension, less diabetes. Right. And those chronic conditions, if you save them and don't cure them, it will save a lot of money for the healthcare uh, insurance and healthcare system overall. That will be the first one. The second one uh, should be something that is really, really with the goal of orthonal. That is the right education uh, for the right physician. Uh, if you get um, rotator cuff uh, syndrome 
and in a general physician office, he will probably take an X-ray, uh, see him the next month and ask for a CT, take him for the next month and ask for an MRI, and the time will go on and go on and go on. It will be a long way before it gets to uh, orthopedic surgeon. So the, the second one will be give the right education for the right physician for the right patient. So that will be the number two. And the number three, I think I have never talked about this uh, with you, but my dad actually went to business school and has a master on um, hospital, hospital uh, administration. So this is a, a topic we, we actually talk a lot, a lot with my, my dad. And I think business guys and physician guys should get together and work together. You have physician team, we are uh, thinking we're the best because we are saving the life. We have the, the business thinking they're the best because they're making the money, but the problem is between us is the patient. And that's actually the reason why we are physicians, the patient. So if we get to work with the business guys and they get to work with us, we can understand each other and the biggest, um, but the best thing out of this will be the healthcare for the patient. So my th third initiative will be get a better connection between the business guys and the physician. Well, you know, yeah, the business people, right? We uh, that that has a lot of categories. You know, I'm I'm happy to say that we we brought on, for example, at Ortho Now, we brought in somebody like that, right, who understands the business of medicine, has done operations, right, because the, the operations aspect. Uh, the logistics is very important in healthcare, and he's he's run three different healthcare systems. So I'm 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 happy to uh, to announce that Doug Landolfi has joined the Ortho Now team, and already I see the difference. Why? Because there is communication right between us as the physicians and him and his expertise. Uh, the health insurance industry, which is also that's you know that's business as well, right? I've noticed there isn't any communication. Um, we met, and I I don't want to call them out yet. But we did meet with two uh, very interested guys from a very big health insurance company. But yet, that was over a month ago, and there's been no follow-up. And this is exactly what happens. Nothing seems to change. Um, I, I state in the book, on the, the longest chapter is, is chapter nine on health insurance, right? That's, that's the big chapter. And I clearly state that there is a, almost a purposeful veil between the health insurance industry and the people who actually provide the care. And I don't understand why that is. So because in the end, if we can actually save money, it's actually good for the health insurance industry, right? I've, I've, I've said this. I've, I've tried to discuss this with Blue Cross Blue Shield, um, which is one of the biggest payers here. There seems to be no interest. Um, I published an article on, on um, the, uh, the MLR, the medical loss ratio. The MLR, medical loss ratio, is one of the several very – difficult uh, issues in the ASA, the well, known as Obamacare, where it says that the health insurance company has to spend 85% of its um, earnings on delivering care. And you say, wow, that's, that sounds like a great rule. Well, perversely, it's not, because if you present to them something that is very cost effective, they're not really interested, because if they save too much money on delivering health care, then they fall out of compliance with this law. So that's a law that needs to be repealed. But question is, how do we get 
the legislators. I've, I've gone to Capitol Hill. I've, I've met with uh, both senators from Florida. Uh, one, you know, Rick Scott was a was a was CEO of one of the, the biggest healthcare systems in the country, and yet there is there is uh, even there there is very little dialogue. So uh, I think Gustavo, you you hit it on the head, and I'm going to go into my three. So first one I'm going to hit on is public education. I agree. You brought up an interesting point, education about how to stay healthy, and that will lower costs because chronic disease is really what drives up the majority of the healthcare costs, right? So, but also public education to explain to them why healthcare is so complicated and cumbersome and expensive. And if the public knows, just like we did with issues, say, uh, with you know climate change or, or even racial uh, disparity in this country, you know, there's a lot of attention because the public has demanded it, and that, that's good. So we need to get the public interested. Uh, number two is in line with what you said, right clinician at the right time. If you get the right physician, maybe nurse practitioner, physician assistant, doesn't matter, a, an expert clinician, seeing that patient at the right time saves money, and, it, and it's good for healthcare. And the last one, um, which... You, you didn't touch on directly, but I think you've seen this problem being with me, is over. we need oversight, not authorization. The term authorization uh, is extremely problematic because you have somebody sitting at a desk somewhere who doesn't know the clinical situation, doesn't understand the, the medicine behind it, and yet my staff and, and us as physicians are beholden to these people to give a little number. Nothing happens without that little, whatever reason, it's nine or 10 digits. I never understood that either, but this long number so that things can happen. We we need to really almost eliminate that. And, and guess what? It's finally happening. Um, I've heard um, there's been discussions with United Healthcare certain divisions, uh, minimizing or even eliminating authorizations because it doesn't make sense. Once the right clinician is is that approved or authorized to see the patient let that person do what they know what their education taught them to do and don't introduce all these other factors which delay care and increase cost so but we do need oversight right gustavo whether it be in colombia or united states or in switzerland or i just came from the dominican republic you know there are people who may over order tests maybe do things inappropriately Right, I talk about in my book about Doctor Death, the uh, yeah. the neurosurgeon who's, who's in jail for life. Uh, do we need we need oversight? That those that there needs to be oversight, and that's what our medical boards are for. And I think we could set up a, a more national system to oversee and make sure that we look at the outliers. Right, I, I compare it to TSA. You know, we don't need to to fully screen everybody, right? Because that just takes too much money and time. And, and that's what our healthcare system is, is built on. So I, I think your three points were very much in line with mine. Uh, what, what overall feedback would you have now that you've spent a few months in, in the US in our healthcare system? What, what, what is your general impression? My general impression is first, I'm amazed of how much, how many uh, tools and resources you have here to give yes. the best health care you can, but there is so many administration limitation 
on your daily routine. That is something unbelievable. You have all the tools to be the best <laughs> for your patients and some guy behind you, behind your desk, as you say, is not letting you do your job. Wow, that's, well, that's a very astute observation. And thank you for introducing the positive because, you know, my, my, I mean, not only the book, but my efforts with this, with this podcast, it's every two weeks. It's brief, right? We're going to, we're going to, should, we should be ending up well below uh, 20 minutes because people are busy. I recognize that, but we need to bring awareness. But at the same time, thank you for bringing up that we do have incredible resources in the U.S. I mean, it, it, it's a very wealthy country and there's really no reason for these problems to occur. And in fact, um, there is so much money and resources here that if we made healthcare more efficient, we definitely would have money left over to take care for the less fortunate. In every society, all right, whether it be in Colombia, where you know that poor sector is certainly much higher than in the U.S. and and, and other, say, you know, Western European countries, but we we have this too. I mean, where I live, right down the street, there are very 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 uh, poor people, very humble people, and they need help. And there is enough money in the system. That if we provide healthcare efficiently, there's more than enough money left over to take care of them. So we simply need to get our legislators, our politicians uh, together, our, our healthcare megapolis, but it has to come from public pressure. And what I'm asking as anybody who's listening to this, please don't, don't like this, but just forward our discussions to your, your friends and or, or colleagues or uh, co-workers from all different uh, walks of life and and let them understand that we can fix this problem. So thank you, uh, Dr. Becerra, for, for joining us. And in two weeks, we'll have another episode of Fixing Healthcare from the Trenches. Please share this and let's get some dialogue. Thank you all.